Hello, and thank you for listening to the Everything Must Go podcast. I'm Steven, alongside here with Brandon, here to discuss the evolution of music. We will begin the discussion with looking at the state of the music industry and how we got to where we are today. Next, we will discuss mainstream music genres, or at least what seems to be the most popular in today's world. Follow it up with a quick break to answer audience questions and talk about our first week of the new year. Finally, we will take a look at the evolution of music tastes both personally and in bands and artists as they are trying to navigate their musical lifespan. So let me ask you this. What's the overall feeling towards music as a business and the industry that fosters artists? I feel like nowadays things are both better than they've ever been and the worst it's ever been. Better than it's ever been in the sense that artists now have the capacity to really build their own brand, build their own business, you know, with social media being such a huge part of of everyday life, um, artists now have the world at their fingertips if they're able to to navigate it. I think in a certain certain way, you know, if you're able to connect with an audience, give people that personal touch, I think people really enjoy being hands on with that process, but. On the other side of things, the music industry as it was, it's still around. And I think that in a lot of ways, they still kind of make decisions for what's popular. You know, the, the people that are signed onto big record labels are typically the ones that get the most publicity because they have huge teams, huge departments that do advertising and do all this stuff. And when you are signed on to a record label, you're really at the mercy of, of these 360 deals as they call them where they're taking portions of not only your cd sales your in your song sales because people don't really buy cds anymore but your song sales your merch your you know concert tickets every they're touching they're dipping into everything and so you really have to abide by a lot of what they want and uh, it gets really tough as an artist to kind of both keep your personal integrity within uh, your art and also meet the standards that the the business aspect sets for you. What do you think? Well, I think it's one of the biggest differences, I think, is the fact that the separation of the artist and the, the artist as a person is completely different than it was before. Because before, we looked at musicians as sort of these these icons of which sort of seem separate from us, like especially before... Like the internet was such a prevalent thing, like people going online and being able to interact on message boards with their favorite artist. So it is a thing where social media plays a massive role for these artists now. And it's kind of weird because there are times where I absolutely love someone artistically, but I don't like them as a person really. And your personal life actually plays a role in your business. Like the actual business part of it kind of matters because if you have a big Instagram following, it actually could help boost your album sales or it could boost your presence. So it's almost like nowadays you need to be more multi-talented than before. Before it was just people appreciated just your music art form. Whereas nowadays, if you just do music, it actually works to your detriment. Like you almost need to do more now. And that to me is a forever shifting part of the business needing to be more versatile than in years past. Yeah, it's all about a brand and and they're trying to package things so that it's marketable in a way that you know, people cuz cuz we're kind of in a society that's built around idolizing stars and the 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 idea of this celebrity. And so you get you get things like the Justin Bieber's of the world who come around and are just huge hits and then you see the music industry trying to replicate that and they've always done that, but you see it, I think, on a larger scale now. You got Justin Bieber came out, then you had like Cody Simpson and uh, a couple other artists. I can't remember them. Obviously. Cody Simpson. Yeah, How do you do even you, like know that guy's name? Was he that well, big? He he's actually. I actually like a couple of his songs, so I I know who he is, and my sister thinks he's hot. So. <laughs> <laughs> like, there we go. That's the difference between me and you. Like I don't have any sisters, so I yeah. feel like I have a totally different perspective on stuff like that. <laughs> Yeah, so 
but I think that that you're right. It's the certain branding. Um, <laughs> my sister's actually in the chat right now. Cody Simpson was before Justin Bieber. Any true fans would know this. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I mean, I guess maybe he was before, but he wasn't as big, and he never has been and never will be. But anyways, the, the point is... It, it's you're right. It's not just about the music or the art that these people uh, push forth. It's it's now about how do they connect with an audience. I mean, you you saw it didn't affect Bieber as much as you think it might. But when he was going through a lot of that shit, it seemed like everybody was out to get him. And I think that that you if you have stuff like that constantly, it can really affect your I guess productivity in in a market. Um, what what are some of the positives though with with how the music industry is structured in your opinion right now? I don't know if this counts per se, but I think it is a positive that you can more easily interact like directly with the the musical artist. I think it's really cool that there's been times where I've liked a musician and I could actually message them and and tell them that I appreciate their music. And I feel like from from their perspective, that's got to be pretty cool that. They don't have to be playing a show and have a kid stay afterwards. It can actually be, hey, man, I really appreciate what you're doing here. I think that's a big a big change in general. And I do think one of the parts of the industry that's kind of nice is that it's just so easy to get your music out there. Whereas before, you could be this absolutely fantastic artist. And I think we talked about this before at some point, where there was probably some great musicians that nobody ever heard back in the day. But nowadays, mm-hmm. if you truly have talent and, and you feel like you can separate yourself, like... You could record a song in one day, post it on a SoundCloud, and theoretically anyone can listen to it. It's funny because it actually has – I feel like it's gone in the reverse because now everybody and their mother is a musician, I feel like. I mean I, I remember when I was pursuing music, I would tell people that I'm an aspiring musician and immediately I'd get the, oh, really? You know, Just this expectation <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that I'm just another guy that just wants to whatever. And then they would actually hear my stuff and like – oh, shit, I didn't expect you to have any talent at all. <laughs> um, so now I feel like it's so oversaturated, the market is oversaturated, that now, I don't know, I, I almost feel like your branding has to be better than your art. You have to be so good at oh, marketing yeah. yourself. And, I mean, you can look at the hip-hop industry, Macklemore, they're completely independent. They didn't sign on to any record labels. They, they rose up to the top just doing everything with their own, you know, close-knit team. And a lot of people in the hip-hop industry don't respect Macklemore and don't don't like his music and, and his flow, all that kind of stuff. Um, but they were so good at marketing that it was only a matter of time before they blew up. Now, I, I do like them, but I just think that there's, there's some aspects of it where because the market – is so accessible sometimes it's like where do i start where do i (laughs) there's so much out there where do i start to to look for stuff and that's where also these record labels still come into play because when they have the power you know the corporations like pretty much in every industry they have the power they can really control who's getting the most headway so you you kind of cut out the Maybe the guy that's sitting in his bedroom making some beats and stuff, maybe he's really good. Every once in a while, you'll have those people get discovered, like Post Malone. Um, and they'll oh, blow yeah, up. dude. I, well, the, <laughs> this reminds me of just like, in general, a big part of music is just your aesthetic appearance. And that is part of the marketability. Just get some face tattoos, put some <laughs> fresh beats out there, and all of a sudden you're just this... Uh, music icon this is like like rap or hip-hop icon and yeah i i mean that has there has been a layer of that always i mean there's always been like there's the big hair bands they just had that this just crazy hair or like leather jackets there's always been something that's gone with the aesthetic of music so that part hasn't really changed it's just as you said the the marketing aspect of it how your brand is such an important part of it and that's that's kind of unfortunate, but I guess on one other good thing, I do think it's it is kind of nice that it's so much like easier just to get the music out there because I do think what is nice about that is that there's 
there are probably people that in the past, as we were saying, that just never got discovered because some people are great artists, but not good marketers. And the same reason that sometimes people are good marketers, but not good artists. Yeah. And being a good marketer almost makes it better than even being a good artist a lot of the times. Yeah. So I think that it's a good thing that at least some new people are being, are being able to like break through and expose themselves that didn't have that opportunity to do so before. And I've found a lot of really good music from not that big of bands and stuff and in, in parts of the world and like that I would have never had access to back in the day. Like I would have never heard of, there's a, a metal band I listen to that's from Italy that I would have never known existed. <laughs> like there's no way I would have ever listened to them. And I, I do think that's a good point. I also think that because of how technology is advanced, even if maybe in their lifetime, they never get heard the the ability to you know record stuff and anybody i have music on spotify i'm not a professional musician as long as i keep it up there people have the chance to find it so even if people don't find it while i'm alive it's gonna outlive me and now i have this this everlasting piece of art that i created out and shared with the world i think that is that is a very positive thing the accessibility of of it all I also, to go back to your point about being able to contact artists, one of the things I always wondered, I, I always kind of had this desire to, when I first started music, to really write stuff that could impact people. And it was weird because I actually had like a fan club email when I first started out. and I Was had, I on it? Uh, you might <laughs> I have better been. I better have been sure. on it. <laughs> I'm not sure if you were, to be honest. Classic. But I was a, I was a shitty fan back yeah, then. Yeah, the hell, man! You're the reason I didn't make it. <laughs> no, but I had a person. I mean, they might have been catfishing me, but uh, she she said that she she was also an aspiring musician, and she asked me for advice on how to perform live, and and I like had emails back and forth with her on just what I kind of do for my process, and and then she told me a story about how she was at this camp and she got up on stage and performed in front of everybody. And this was all because of it started out with, she liked my music. She found me on reverb nation or YouTube or something. And then she joined my fan club. And, uh, I I don't know. That's just, I'm nobody, you know, To, to have that opportunity to have that conversation with somebody and know that something that I've created has, has had a, an impact. I mean, I've talked to you about since the release of my album, getting getting texts and, and messages from people on Instagram and all that, all these different kind of platforms, or whether it's just personal texts or messages, and hearing the impact that it's had on some people. It's it, it is incredible. Um, to I mean, there I have a friend in Spain who ha- has like been in love with the album, and uh, like you said, you would have never found that band from Italy. She would have never found me if she hadn't, you know, found me on Instagram. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean, just to look at a specific example, would you rather, so your album came out, what, beginning of November? Would you rather do what you're doing to get the album out there? Or would you rather be, I don't know, knocking on people's doors and saying, hey, you want to listen to my album? I, I don't honestly. I don't even know how it worked. <laughs> like, I definitely don't think it was know. people knocking on people's doors. I don't um, know how it worked, but probably you have to be playing shows all the time. Probably yeah, stay real. It was all about live performances and touring, yeah. and, and um, I mean that would have been fun. You know, I part of the thing that sucked when I was pursuing music was I was kind of bogged down by student loan debt. So I, I couldn't really afford the ability to go on a tour to like visit different places. But I did run into some artists at the places that I frequented um, that were on tour, that were just stopping by in Nashville and, and doing a quick performance, and then we're getting out of there. I bought a couple CDs off of people, and uh, people still do that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely has changed. I, I just think – I don't know. I. I think some some artists, part of their artistry is 
the the desire to connect with people on a personal level that social media allows. So whereas I might look at it as a negative, like I don't like the social media aspect of the stuff. You know, it, to me, in order for me to even use this stuff, I have to look at it in a certain point from a certain point of view. And I wish I could just throw my music up somewhere and that would that was all it took. You know, I didn't have to like pretend to do this or do that or create an image or wear cool leather jackets like Steven does. <laughs> Dude, you're going to really hate my most recent photo shoot. Oh, shit. I, uh, <laughs> wearing another leather jacket in some of the photos. God damn it. This but guy never gonna... wore leather jackets when I knew him. <laughs> the podcast has changed him, folks. I find this so funny that you... I mean, I, I could have sworn that I had... A leather jacket, even back. When Honestly, we were going you to might school. have. I'm just fucking with you. I have no idea. <laughs> you don't even know, man. You're just talking out of your ass. Yes, it's happened before. So. <laughs> oh no! Trust me, I definitely know it. <laughs> so, when it comes to mainstream music, how do you feel about what's popular? Because I know that you and I uh, have different music tastes. Yeah, I know. And, and your biggest stuff is like metal. So, how do you feel about what's popular nowadays? I really don't. I'm not, I mean, without being the most cliche hater or hipster or something, because let, let me say this. Yes, I don't like today's modern pop music, but people think that I've always been this way where I didn't like pop music, but that's not true. I used to listen to more popular music. It's just specifically nowadays, I'm less enthused on it. Because back, not even that long ago, there was, like, I liked Lady Gaga, like, not that, like, like, Lady Gaga in, like, around 2010-ish range. Like, I liked her. I thought she was pretty good. I I liked some of the bands. Like, I, like I've like i always liked The Fray. I liked early Maroon 5. I, if you go back, I didn't even like mine in sync in the Backstreet Boys. Like, there's there's been popular music that I, I liked. Blink-182 was popular at one point. I like them. Would you uh, consider Taking Back Sunday pop music they were at, like, at one point? I mean, they had definitely had elements of it. It's like in the same way, do I consider Blank-182 to be pop music? What is really pop music? My We're Chemical Romance to... is one of the biggest exactly. bands of all time. Green yeah. Day. I love the album American Idiot by Green Day, and that was uh, really popular at one point in time. And probably one of the main reasons that I don't like music nowadays is, one, I just I think style-wise, pop music right now is not as much in my wheelhouse of what I'm into. And two... I do think that there has become a negative and it's so easy to produce this uh, kind of cookie cutter formula to try to get on the radio and this sort of cookie cutter to try to boost your popularity that we have gone away a little bit from like some of the excitement. Like I generally think it was really cool back in the day when a band like Led Zeppelin, there was just some dudes playing music casually and they got really, like, they, these guys, like, back in the day, there was, like, a lot less stuff to actually do. So when you, you didn't have YouTube and all, and I, I generally, I'll, we'll get to more in-depth about this later, but I generally think that back then, people on average were more talented at playing instruments and stuff because you didn't have as much recreational stuff to do. There just was, I have a guitar, I'm going to learn how to play it. They might play the guitar 10 hours a day back then because that might have been their only way to get out of their hometown. So they would play it all the time. And I just think that there was more, genuinely more heart and soul into creating music earlier than there is nowadays because it was just less about branding and more about the actual talent behind it. And I feel like I'm an old person that's being very negative towards it, but I actually do genuinely agree with it for the most part, that that's one of the reasons why I think the quality has declined in a lot of today's modern day pop music. But I am curious because your your taste in pop music is different. Do you feel like nowadays pop music differs from earlier pop music, and what is your general thought on it? Well, first I wanted to say I I think there are a couple comments you made are a little bold. I, <laughs> just I knew kind you of gonna... blanket statement Let's, saying that well, yeah, nowadays. People don't. I mean, there. John Mayer. All he fucking does is sit around and play the guitar, and he's one of the biggest musicians like of all time. Um, so I don't know. I I don't agree with some of the stuff that you said with it. I I just think I think that's a popular point of view. To people just don't. It's not what it used to be. You know. It's it's like how how are, how are you even able to compare? 
we can't. You know, you don't have. Plus, like I said, it's so saturated. As if you know every single artist out there, what they do, and I mean, fucking some of these guys fucking work their asses off at, at this stuff. I do think that you do have. I mean, John Mayer talked about it in an interview I watched recently, where you know your body is a wonderland. He, it's one of his most simple songs. He he was kind of writing with the purpose of you know meeting a marketable thing here and his favorite songs are the ones that don't get recognized and they you know they're just monsters when it comes to chord progressions because he's so good but um but that's just not what's what most people pick up on so it's it's tough to balance but i don't think that you can just blanket statements say that if they get popular you know it's all they do is this cookie cutter formula i think Sometimes you have to do that to get big if that's the route you're pursuing. But, I mean, a lot of these people that do still put out albums, they have songs on the deep tracks, you know, deeper parts of the album that are really in-depth and, and have a lot of heart and, and soul in, in in the stuff. As far as popular music, I will say that I I am a vocalist. I really like hearing good vocals it doesn't necessarily need to be like incredible singers but just nice tone and you know that's why i actually really like justin bieber because i think he's got one of the best pop voices probably ever honestly his he, voice he does sounds have a really good, good voice i will agree with everything that and rihanna she's the same way she's got an incredible pop voice you put her on any song it's just a fucking hit but um but a lot of the stuff nowadays has this chorus where the chorus is a beat and it's just like this cool hook that's yeah. done by a certain sound that that trend i'm not a huge fan of just because i i crave vocals and i crave lyrics but i'm not gonna lie like there have been chain smokers songs that have come on i'm like holy fuck this is so catchy i can't stop <laughs> listening to it i've been a fan of taylor swift she she gets a lot of shit for being just ultra catchy and ed sheeran's the same way i i mean a lot of these these artists they know what's going to make them successful and they're they're in a business and i don't know i i think a lot of times we get so caught up in just bashing it i mean we'll talk a little bit more about like uh you know later on we talk about different bands and and how they evolve and where where comes into the play like the sellout aspect of it but overall i i think i think there are maybe not necessarily mainstream uh pop music in its majority but i think there are a lot of artists out there that are writing stuff that's just i mean one of my favorite artists right now is noah gunderson who's got lyrics that i could just fucking listen to all day every day it's incredible perfume genius who's kind of picked up he was on uh the letterman show back when it was still on um and he's not like what you would picture a mainstream artist would be but he he's kind of become more popular so i don't know i i just think that uh staying open-minded with music and art forms in general not to say that you're not open-minded i know that well you i was are, gonna right? say I was <laughs> like, before we back me into the corner too much here i, I so. wasn't talking about you i'm just saying to, to <laughs> people that are listening i think that you don't want to get caught into these places of oh yeah just this music today these kids they're listening to just shit I mean, maybe some of it is, so just don't listen to that music. Not everything yeah. is, is... Well, there's is, always been trash music. I mean, yeah. if you go back to the 50s, you listen to some of those songs, and I don't even know <laughs> what they're singing about. There's all there's always been bad music. That's been a constant yes. through the history of humans existing. But I, <laughs> I do want to reiterate that I'm not actually saying that there is no talent nowadays, because there is a ton of talent in music nowadays and there will always be well i guess honestly what the sure, fuck but... is your problem with musicians nowadays <laughs> <laughs> i'm just saying it's just it has changed like the nature of what music is has changed in the way that it gets to other people now and... steven was around during the 70s when stuff was really 
<laughs> See, that's I'm just giving you like, so how, much shit right it's, now. It's like, how old is this guy? It's like, <laughs> oh, well. Yeah, it, uh, yeah, things have evolved. Yeah, 100%. And I I just think it's... I mean, you, you said yourself, you, you can find artists over in Italy that is doing something that you like. There, somewhere out there, there are musicians and artists that aren't discovered yeah. or maybe aren't as big as some of the other ones that are doing something that you like. And I think sometimes you just got to know how to how to search and find find them. Um, but the, but there's but there's something else in there that we didn't get to like too too much in terms of just like overall like your overall thoughts on today's pop music versus ten years ago versus twenty years ago. Do you? I'm just curious. Do you have a favorite decade of pop music? I mean, every. I think a lot of people from our generation would say the 90s was... I mean, Blink-182 is huge. That's when Coldplay first came out. Uh, although The Fray came out in the 2000s, but the, I think The Fray kind of backpacked off of Coldplay. I don't know. The 90s and 2000s, but that was really when I was developing a music taste and interest the most. Now I yeah. I listen in different ways. I... I I, I guess I'm more in tune with what works for me. Whereas I think when I was younger, I was, it, it was a lot more about discovery and, um, and surprise with the, the different kind of artistry. So I don't know. I, maybe the, I, I would say, I guess, I would oh, say the two thousands, I would say the two thousands just because, like the bands that were from the nineties still carried on and mostly into the two thousands. And I remember also as a teenager, I mean, you could probably attest to this, how important music was at times, Oh, yeah. you know, when you're going through all these changes, all the angst, I had <laughs> oh. as much teen angst as anyone. <laughs> yeah. So music I think is a saving grace for a lot of kids. And I think yeah. I was a teenager in the two thousands. So it only makes sense why that, decade kind of feels the biggest to me what about you definitely like the roaring 20s it always gets overlooked shut the fuck up (laughs) dude the roaring 20s doesn't get enough credit for how catchy their music was (laughs) i don't think the roaring 20 gets any credit at all (laughs) exactly you know what's crazy though next year it's going to be the 20s again so we have to decide on what's the 20s is it the 1920s or is it the 2020s? Shut the fuck. That's that's some real thought right there. That's a whole nother pod. You know what? This is what happens on this podcast. Everything must go. Every- <laughs> You're gonna play me now. Everything <laughs> yeah. must go. That's why I did no, that stupid that's ass my line, voice. Right? My line is everything must go because <laughs> it's true. We don't know. I mean, this this podcast episode was given to us by someone who listens to the show. They recommended we do a music episode. And we're like, dude, why have we never done a music episode before? And bada bing, bada boo, as you always say. <laughs> bada bing, bada boom, baby. Bada bing, bada I don't know why that's ever become like your expression. <laughs> it's not like it was originally your expression. You didn't like No, I made that up. I coined that trend. term, but. Uh, what, really quick, what about like backlash? Like when artists become really popular, how do you feel about them getting some sort of backlash just because now all of a sudden they got popular? I hate it, actually. I, I just hate the idea that you can't win in music. It's just, it's very, very frustrating how, like, if you finally make it, it... But the thing is, I don't think this is just a music industry thing. This is just a... Anyone who becomes successful in general, people just love to be douchebags because we all hate everyone who does things yeah. because we want to be successful. We don't want anyone else to be successful. It's just a horrible, horrible humanistic quality that makes us not my favorite sometimes <laughs> <laughs> i think it gets very much overdone and when people say that the their new music is is complete bullshit like that all of a sudden you become a sellout yeah you know what i, I mean I, people are like oh they're they're sellout like the music's so pop now they didn't used to sound like this before there are definitely artists who do this yeah but it is very, very annoying how, in general, people always... There's that, and then there's... People always feel so damn special if they like an artist before they become big. 
Well, he, here's like, my thing. For whatever reason, us as consumers think that we're entitled to whatever the fuck we want. It's like if if you don't like their new music, their old music is still fucking there. You can still listen to that other stuff. You you you're right. You don't win as a musician. You get these situations where you can keep doing the same stuff over and over again because that's what got you popular. That's what people liked. But then you got people that are like, oh, it's just the same cookie cutter, cut and paste. This they're not even doing anything new. And then you get bands that are like, oh, we're gonna try to evolve and do something new. And they're like, oh, they're selling out. They're exactly. trying to go with the There's market. There's no winning. No matter what you do, people yeah. are gonna be pissed if you innovate. Then it's why don't you go back to your old sound? If you do nothing, it's like I've already heard this before. Or right, it, it's it's just such a losing proposition. That's why you gotta just do as a musician what you enjoy doing. But Unfortunately, you still have to kind of think about the audience because right. if you really just do 100% what you want to do, unless you've completely made it in, in music or uh, money is not a factor anymore, it's a big deal. Like it, it's, you, you kind of have to cater to what people want. So I understand the pressures of why bands a lot of times play it safe. Well, that, that's what I was saying earlier about how especially bands that are tied to contracts and tied to record labels – they're really handcuffed. They have to sell stuff. And so a lot of times, I mean, you you see One Republic is a band who used to be one of my favorite bands. I freaking, Ryan Tedder, is, I, I respect that guy. He's such a good writer and singer. And I, I, mean, I think you asked me a question once, if there was one person in the music industry I would ever want to work with, who would it be? And I was like, Ryan Tedder, for sure. But... I, I can't I don't really enjoy Winter Public's music now, but it makes sense that they've evolved this way because he's always been a pop writer. So he evolves with the trends. Mm-hmm. And because I'm not as big of a fan of some of the trends that go on, I, I don't connect with their music as much anymore. But he's in a business. He's smart. He knows what's gonna make money. and I, I don't know. I, I I guess you I don't know if we can expect a consumer, the consumers, the mass consumers, to all understand that point of view, that perspective. Maybe that's too no. much to ask for, but that is that is the truth, the hard truth about the fact that these people are are still trying to make a living, and especially in an industry now where consumers think that they should get music for free, it becomes harder and harder for you know, musicians to figure out how to make their money as entertainers. Yeah. And this one hits especially home for me in the whole sellout idea, because I listen to mostly metal music and that community is the worst community about bands trying to evolve and and adopt any type of a new sound. You have a band like Metallica who was huge doing thrash metal back in the uh, mid to late eighties. And then everyone would just tore them apart when they created the Black Album in 91 because it was more of a mainstream approach. And that album went, like, more than Diamond. Like, that album sold ridiculously well. So, obviously, that ended up being a a huge commercial success. And who's to say that they didn't just want to play a little bit more streamlined, tighter songs that were less technically complex but actually were more memorable and we talked about this right before we recorded this episode people's taste in music evolves over time in no way in hell did me and you listen to the same music 10 years ago like that we listen to right now it's not there might be some there are some overlap songs don't get me wrong but there are songs that i like nowadays that if i told my 16 year old self that i would love this i'd be like man what happened to you 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 listen (laughs) to this stuff now you listen to this? And I guarantee you there'll be 36, 37-year-old me who says the same thing. Well, he won't, I guess. But I'll think the same thing about the younger version of me being right. like, I listened to this and thought this was good. That's a normal progression. So sometimes artists actually just write music that you don't like anymore, and that's okay. It's okay that artists want to do that. It's not that crazy. It actually makes – it would be almost weirder if they didn't evolve their music taste and it just sounded the same way for, like, three decades it wouldn't make any sense i i do wonder too with like the metal i i because I, I don't listen to that music so i don't know for sure but you talking about how 
that kind of fan group is one of the worst at it. I, I wonder if it's because metal isn't mainstream, they kind of have this, oh, we're, we're underground. We, yes, that's exactly it. <laughs> yeah, so Dude, if like anybody gets anything. successful, it's like, you're not one of us anymore. <laughs> exactly, because people, it's kind of as I talked about earlier, when you, you, okay, for example, 30 Seconds to Mars, I liked that band before they were famous. I listened to their, and I was like, this band's really, really cool. And then they just blew up. And I'm not going to lie. At first I was like, come on, man. Like, this is my band. You guys aren't supposed to listen to this. This is supposed to be my little secret. And I think that that is so telling because in that moment I sort of understood, like, oh, okay, this is the reason why people get so frustrated when they say, well, I've been here since the start. I've been here since since their first album. Like, somehow that makes you a superior human. Yeah, it's it's pretty frustrating, especially at you know understanding the point of view of aspiring musicians. The a lot of these people are actually working hard and trying to evolve and trying to become something new and and trying not to do the fresh thing, but also trying to make money to put food on the table. I, I don't know. It's tough. You also hear like in hip hop the underground rappers giving shit to the mainstream rappers eminem talks about it sometimes in his song about in his songs about how these underground people are you know dissing me now just because i made it and all that shit it's <laughs> exactly. just it's just fucking bullshit it's all i don't know it's it's entertainment we get so we get such an, a sense of entitlement with entertainment like it, it needs to i don't know there's so much out there so if you don't like something just Go listen to something else. I, uh, I don't, yeah, don't have there's to so to much music out there. Like, right? I don't. I don't like it. As people say, the cliche: if you like their old music, then listen to their old music. Don't listen right. to their new music. Like still there. with One Republic, you just listen to their older music, and that's right. fine. Just do that. Then, like, doesn't matter. Yeah. Um. Cool. Oh, you want to take? You got me all fired up, man. <laughs> I got a coffee here too. Now I'm just like, Ugh. you're never gonna be able to go to bed tonight. <laughs> Oh, definitely not. Dude. I'm making like 10 YouTube videos tonight and stockpiling them all up. <laughs> all right. Do you want to take a little break from the discussion? Maybe let's, answer let's some questions? A, let's take a damn break. Let's answer some questions first. Okay. So uh, let's see here. So these came into the EMG uh, inbox. We, we put up a poll uh, for some, some questions for uh, today's episode and just, I guess, questions in general. So, Stephen, you want to go ahead and uh, read those off? Yeah. Okay, so uh, how do you feel about Adam Levine and James Labrie, respectively? All right, do you want to, just in case people don't know who James Labrie <laughs> yeah. is? Yeah, okay, so <laughs> anyone who doesn't know who James Labrie is, so I'm a, a pretty big heavy metal fan, and there's a band called Dream Theater that I am a very big fan of their early music in the like early to late 90s, and he's a lead singer of the band, and uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's who he is. <laughs> and then I think most people know who Adam Levine is, but uh, let's give your let's give your opinion on Adam Levine, and then I'll, I'll tell him about my thoughts on James Labrie. I think Adam Levine has an incredible voice. I think uh, he's another one of the, the guys that really runs the um, pop industry nowadays. With obviously, uh, people think he's attractive, so. We talk about branding and an artist. Oh, yeah, dude. You know, he's, he's got a brand like no other. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, a supermodel wife and, you know, uh, really good voice. And also a lot of what Maroon 5 did early on was, I mean, not just early on, but as they've gone on, is build on that sex appeal for Adam Levine. And it's been successful. But I think as far as talent goes, yeah, he's he's incredible. I It's weird because... I used to watch The Voice, like first and second season, uh, mm-hmm. the show The Voice, and oh, yeah. I always felt like he was the worst live performer out of everybody on that show for some reason. There was CeeLo Green, him, Christian Aguilar, and Blake Shelton, and for whatever reason, he just always kind of seemed a little off, but he is incredible. I, I think, um, yeah, that, that, I can't really say much more about him. Pretty good. Uh- I'll make one comment on Adam Levine, and then I'll tell you about my comments on James. I absolutely like love Maroon Five. Songs about Jane is arguably in my top, like towards the top of my favorite albums ever. I just think it's really, really good. I think he's a good singer. I cannot stand to listen to that man talk. 
You know, like he's I talking think he voice. Just, no, one, I, I really don't. And two, I just think that he, a lot of things that he says, I just feel like he is actually sort of the embodiment of a sellout. And that's what I don't like about him. Because I've, I've never threw out the term sellout, but I actually do think he is a sellout. I guess I don't really know much about the... I mean, it, it would make sense because their music is very trendy and... Yeah, it's, it's become very, very trendy. Yeah, don't song, get me wrong. I think he's super talented. Yeah, yeah. He, I, I think he is as well. And I, I agree, Songs About Jane was pretty incredible. Um, I, I don't really listen to their music anymore, so... I can't even really speak for what they have on their albums if it's if it's something more in depth than what is played on the radio. But um, but yeah, I I think that's the the common conception about about him is that like the Maroon Five and and him as an artist kind of sell out. But yeah, go ahead and talk about James Labrie. Okay, so so uh, James Labrie. So one of my my favorite album of two thousand and eighteen was Images and Words. It came out in 1992. And uh, that album is incredible. And his voice is so good on that album and so powerful. And the reason why I always talk about him specifically is his voice got so bad after, like, 1995. Like, there's actually... If you type in, I think, his name on YouTube and it says something like the fall of James Labrie or the... Uh, the downward spiral of James Labrie, and his voice is so bad now. I, I could never see them in concert because it would just kind of like the lead singer of Taking Back Sunday. That's I, what I was gonna say. It's worse, dude. It is so bad. It is because this guy's voice was super powerful, like uh, Adam of uh, Taking Back Sunday. And then I'm just like, what the hell is this cat just screaming on stage for? So, <laughs> but yeah, la, back in the day, images and words. That album is absolutely magical. Tom. And, it's so good. People give Tom DeLonge a bunch of shit. He, uh, one of the singers from Blink-182. Yeah. If yeah. you listen to, <laughs> you go on YouTube and listen to some of his live stuff, he's just like, Yes, they create Sean's useless. And he's just like, off yeah, key. Yeah, and it's just like so over the top. It's like he's trying to create reverb with his voice, just singing regularly. He, he kind of like does it, too. That's the weird <laughs> part. When he actually, when he's on point, he like basically does. It's, it's. He's got such a weird voice because he's so good at this, like, making this weird alien sound. I don't even know how to describe it. Yeah, it's... <laughs> I, I've always wanted to see, especially Angels and Airwaves, when they first came out, I was a huge fan and I really wanted to see them live, but I don't think I would have liked them anymore if I had seen them live. But, yeah. Mm-mm. Um, do we want to answer that one other question that we got asked in the chat? Yeah, what was it? Nowadays, is it about music or the artist? We kind of actually we kind of talked about this. Yeah, we, we talked about that. Yeah, yeah, we, we kind of talked about it mostly. Mm-hmm. What's the what was the other question that we got in our inbox? Did we get a second question? Oh yeah, what's this song or music that cheers you up? Uh, well, I typically actually like really sad, <laughs> sad music. <laughs> so. Uh, when, it's funny because I, when I work out, I like listen to release sad and emotional music because it, for some reason, it pumps me up. I don't know if it necessarily... That's odd. <laughs> I, I've always been this way. I hated working out in high school because they would always have like ACDC playing and just like classic <laughs> rock and I was just like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not pumped at all for this. I, I wanted to put on headphones and listen to Coldplay <laughs> fix you Jeez, on repeat. <laughs> I don't know. That stuff just makes me feel. And when I feel, I feel more vivid and I feel more alive. And I don't know. That kind of makes me feel more present, which cheers me up a little oh, bit, yeah. I guess. I, mean, I, I love listening to sad music in general, but um, what music cheers me up? It, this, is, this is pretty much an obvious thing. Just like... Super powerful, like triumphant metal music, <laughs> pretty much. Like something that feels like just like really big, and that's weird. Or because just, metal just makes what? you feel angry, though. Oh god, not just again, not just again. Oh my god, no. You can feel a lot of things. So yeah, I like. I um also just like epic guitar solos. Like uh, I found one, uh, Dyer's Eve. By uh, Metallica off of uh, Injustice for All. 
<laughs> the last song. The guitar solo is just sick. <laughs> Hell yeah. I could honestly, I never ever talk about like any music that I listen to basically with anyone. So it's kind of weird to actually have me say some of these thoughts out loud. I don't know. <laughs> we had we have a comment. I listened to LP Lost on You. She gets me going. I'm not uh, familiar with that artist, but uh, I want to do LP. I'll have to check it out. Uh, I'm always I'm always for music suggestions. So any of you listeners want to uh, email us or, or leave us a voicemail five one three four two seven EMG five. Give us some music suggestions. Um, yeah. Well, honestly, I, I like voicemails. Yeah, dude, let's hear it. So, especially people who I talk to regularly, and I'm just like, I don't know what your voice sounds like, but let's, let's bring it on. <laughs> uh, and then what about 2019 so far for you? How's it been? Actually, so far, so good for the most part. I mean, you know, my 2018 ended sort of like with a stressful month, but I think at the, I started to get back into my stride a little bit. I think 2019 has been kind of nice. I did a photo shoot today, so those photos will be coming out probably right around the time this episode is actually released. You might be able to see on my Instagram, at Stephen Russell B, and that's Stephen with the V. You can probably see some of the, or maybe like one of the first photos of that. Pretty, uh, pretty fun stuff, but yeah, I'm, it's honestly been like off to a good start, and uh, I've been, also I introduced... Instagram TV. I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'll do a video every day. I have done it every day since I started it. But they're just kind of like videos of just me living my life. It's just another avenue to – that's just me joking around. It's like the least serious thing I probably do yeah. is those videos. But I like doing it a lot because as I talked about, I like just creating different parts of my life. Like the podcast is a little more serious sometimes, although <laughs> – is it really that serious sometimes? <laughs> <laughs> Making fun of me for my uh, me- angry heavy metal music. But, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and your closed-mindedness. Everybody close knows mindedness. that you're the closed-minded one on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's funny, because that's, that's 100% you. <laughs> yeah, that's you. That's me. What about, what about how's the... I mean, it, we can't not say this. Brandon's birthday was on the 3rd of this month. Yeah, so and I you all fucking missed Brandon. it. Thanks a lot. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> He had to spend um, his birthday alone because of you guys. I actually did. My <laughs> my mom and dad came and saw me, um, and I was with Coda, obviously my pup. But uh, yeah, Coda's I'm, best. I'm 27 now. I'm an old man. Um, so far, 2019 has been pretty good. I feel like, you know, I haven't been 100 percent productive all the time. But I feel like I've I've taken steps. I've made my bed every single day. I oh, I never make my be bed. Proud. Yeah, she would. <laughs> I um I've been trying to drink a lot of water. We talked about that in the New Year's New Year's episode. How what important a weird it was. Conversation. How much <laughs> water Brandon needs to drink. I've been drinking at least a hundred fluid ounces a day. I've got this little gallon jug for those who are watching right now. You can see it right here. I've been uh, sticking to it. Um, And uh, school starts back up for me next week, uh, which I'm partially excited for, partially a little stressed for, because obviously um, it's just another thing to add onto my plate to try to balance. But but overall, I feel like 2019 is has been good, and and I do really feel like this is going to be a good year. Stephen and I have talked about it a lot. Um, you know, starting building the foundation of things like this podcast in 2018, I think carrying on into 2019, we're uh, headed in the right direction. So, damn right. And uh, I like actually this question: Can you sing, rap, or scream? Uh, Steven is very versatile, and he can do all three. <laughs> I'm incredibly versatile in all three. Actually, funny story: I actually ruined my voice completely. To the point where I can't even make an audible noise. I, I sang so terribly for like an hour straight in the car around Christmas with horrible vocal technique. And my throat is like actually screwed up. So I can't do any of these now. 
<laughs> Maybe rap. You can rap, dude. Just... I did a I did a rap today on my uh, Instagram TV. I did a rap on my Instagram TV. You're not gonna throw one down for the the folks uh, at the EMG uh. podcast. Uh, some call me Steven. Some call me Butch Boss. Don't get too lost in the names. It's a V, not a PH. I'll pass it to Brandon. <laughs> Not even a rhyme to end it. All right. Cool. That's it. Wednesdays, we'll hear my, uh, I'll get back to my heavy metal screams Steven, again. Steven and I have talked about putting on a, a diss track on on YouTube. We're actually going to diss track Eminem, and we're going to do a kill shot, but just change the words a little bit. I think I, I, think I would absolutely love to do parody music. That's like... What I want to do is parody music for the rest of <laughs> your life. My, that's my real calling. Because <laughs> back in the day, I used to write these like parody songs, and I need to get back to it. You gotta get back to it, dude. You're you're the next Weird Al. I can already see it. I'm the Weird Al of music of LeBron James of parodies of music. <laughs> nice. Uh, nice. I think that's all I got. That's but Brandon's I got. a really really good singer. I'll give him I'll give him props there. He knows how to sing really well. I'm now his right. rapping skills. I did. You can actually, you can like hear a rap song. And you just know all the words immediately. I don't know how you do that. I just I'm good at remembering words from songs. Dude, you're so you are honestly, oh, like I think that's like your superpower. I can listen to a song a hundred times. You can listen to a song once. I think you might know the words better than me. <laughs> I honestly I don't know how you do it. It's like it's literally just. It is your superpower. Not the best superpower you could have got, but it's not I mean, the worst. I mean, I definitely would have wished for some <laughs> other superpowers that maybe were a little more impactful or <laughs> just a little more badass, but I guess I'll yeah. take it. No, I. Yeah. it goes back to the thing I talked about earlier. I My music interest and my art, it, like, art interest comes from words and, uh, and vocals, too. So, yeah, that's just how it is for me. Hey folks, Brandon here. Thank you so much for tuning in to our episode on the evolution of music. Steven and I had a lot to say about this topic, and so this will be a two-part episode. The conclusion will air tomorrow, Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions, thoughts, or concerns, email us at emgpod at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail at 513-427-EMG5. Or you can send us a DM at Instagram or Twitter at EMG Pod. Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Whoa.